time and time again, one thing I love about hearing from the coalitions is that when they're facing challenges of confusion, they stay curious. When they're discouraged, they find courage and continue the conversation. When there's division, they are connected and they keep connected. When there's doubt, they remind each other that they are capable. This is one of the gifts and the strengths of the coalition work. Hi, I'm Naomi Mahaffey, and welcome to PAUSE, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. We invite partners and collaborators to pause from their busy work and sit down together to reflect on what they're learning as they seek to address the root causes of complex problems in their communities. Networks and coalitions can play an important role in fostering social innovation. When used well, they help changemakers bring their unique perspectives and efforts together to better understand and address complex problems. In today's episode, we hear from three changemakers within a province-wide coalition called ECA, the Early Childhood Coalitions of Alberta. We turned over the mic to Janice Kramer, one of ECA's coalition liaisons, to host this episode. Janice did a beautiful job of summarizing ECA's model. She also invited two incredible local coalition leaders to sit down with her for reflective conversations about what this work looks like in their communities and what they've learned along the way. Before we jump into that conversation, here's Janice introducing herself and giving a brief overview of ECA. ECA, or Early Childhood Coalitions of Alberta, helps to bring awareness and capacity and momentum at a provincial and community level to enhance children's well-being and development through a community development approach. We have a high level of engagement from communities and organizations across Alberta. While every coalition, nearly 100 coalitions, has their own unique story to share, collectively we're creating and connecting, caring, and in early childhood-informed communities. There are almost 100 coalitions throughout the province, so almost every geographic space, there is a voice for children in the province of Alberta. Each coalition is made up of professionals and volunteers, parents, grandparents, early childhood professionals, teachers, law enforcement, medical professionals, municipal leaders, faith leaders who come around the table to develop collaborative efforts to increase community capacity to support the young children's development. And the mission is to contribute to children and families establishing the foundations of health and well-being in the early years that will last a lifetime. It's an honor and joy to be a community liaison provincially for this work. There is lots of opportunities to celebrate all of the amazing work that the coalitions are doing throughout the province. Part of my role is to encourage coalitions by coaching them, mentoring them, sharing resources, helping them align ideas, and sharing back the learning both with Family and Community Support Services Association of Alberta, FCSSAA, and the Government Ministry Team. ECA works with many different organizations, coalitions, ministries, and initiatives. So this group has its own jargon, as does any specific issue space. Janice provided some extra information to help us understand the acronyms and groups you'll hear her and her guests Adrian and Debbie Lane refer to in the rest of this episode. The coalitions have a rich history in the province of Alberta. The genesis was from the Early Childhood Mapping Research Project, which was a component that was funded by Alberta Education from 2009 to 2014 under the expertise of the Community University Partnership. 
and the dynamic ECMAP team at the University of Alberta. The coalitions and the members are putting their heart and their soul into creating opportunities for the children and families in their communities. They're courageous, they're capable, and they're committed to creating the best environments and the best opportunities for the children and families in their community. There's a lot of community data that the coalitions use from their own information that they gather to other community resources. And one of the key opportunities that the coalitions have had is using the EDI data, which stands for the Early Development Instrument from Offered, a Canadian-based instrument that's now worldwide. The EDI is a population-based measurement that the kindergarten teachers take about mid-year through kindergarten, and it's a reflection of how the children are doing. It's not a diagnostic test. It is really an opportunity for teachers and communities to look at the population in their area and reflect of how they can be responsive to the needs. There are five domains covered in the Early Development Instrument, the EDI, and that includes physical health and well-being, social competence, emotional maturity, language and cognitive development, communication skills, and general knowledge. It's a really great opportunity for communities to look at their strengths and also look at the gaps that they have in their community and respond to that. The coalitions provide a multi-sectoral table focused on early childhood and use community data, including the EDI, the Early Development Instrument, to support local decision-making and collaborative planning to respond to their local needs. Supporting this work is Family and Community Support Services Association of Alberta, or FCSSAA, and they act as the provincial support and organization for the coalitions by providing provincial coordination and shared measurement practice, mobilizing grant funding, and supporting the coalitions. With that background about the coalitions covered, here are the reflections shared by Janice and the two coalition leaders she sat down with, Adrian Sprecher and Debbie Lane McLeod. To start, Janice asked both Debbie Lane and Adrian the same questions to help us get to know who they are and what their coalitions do. Her conversations with each of these women was recorded in a different location, one day apart, but we've decided to cut together some of their responses to help you get a sense of how the two coalitions compare. We're here today in the studio with Debbie Lane McLeod and Adrian Sprecher to share with us a little bit more about the Early Childhood Coalitions of Alberta. People come to this work with a heart of gold, a passion about the early years, but it goes beyond that. These two women represent uh, are representative of the many hundreds of people out there who are representing the voice of early childhood for the children of Alberta. Debbie Lane comes with uh, her health hat and uh, has done significant leadership in the Foothills area. And Adrian comes with her education hat, um, bringing some significant information and sharing and the voice of um, the early years and community in her area of Lac La Biche. To begin, um, please introduce yourself, your role with the coalition and how you came about doing that. Hi, I'm Debbie Lane McLeod, and I am the Community Development Coordinator for the Foothills Children's Wellness Network. The Foothills Children's Wellness Network has been in existence for, well, 10 years now, since 2009. And my role in the network is to promote 
wherever possible, the importance of the early years. And the network has formed because our communities understand that those first five, six years of life are imperative to lifelong health, wellness, happiness. Like the first five years have huge impact on that. And so my role was to, or is to, really have our community members, decision makers, agencies, businesses, citizens, grandparents, the whole community understand that and then work toward making sure every child has a good, healthy upbringing in those early years. My name is Adrian Peoples-Brecker, and yeah, I've worked on the coalition for probably the last eight years very actively. I started um, in my role as an early learning coordinator, and it was my school division's um, vision to ensure that we were being a good community partner. So with that, um, being a new position in an early learning role, an early learning lead role, uh, it was a great opportunity to get to know other people that worked in the early childhood field. It was really exciting to see that initial collection of data way back when it was ECMAP and then moved into ECA. And I think just having an opportunity to really see where our kids were at was pretty incredible. And I think the discussions and the relationships that happened with the data was pretty incredible. And we had quite a significant amount of people at the table. Um, and we've been very fortunate to keep the majority of those people at the table. So it's been a really um, great adventure so far. And we're just looking forward to moving forward year to year. So tell me a little bit about the change or hope that you wish for for your community. The hope that we wish for for the community and all the communities within the Foothills region, that they are family friendly. And that underlying premise that they understand the importance of the early years. So decision makers and, and businesses and citizens really um, embrace that early years philosophy and that every child has the best start in life as possible. So I think our vision is like everyone else's vision, to have no children that are left behind, to do those initial things. Um, the EDI is a great measure and marker of picking up where kids are at at five years old. But we know if they're already delayed by that time in some of those markers and have had some significant things happen, um, we can certainly make a difference. But if we kind of are aware of some of the trajectories and some of the areas and domains that kids are having difficulty, it's a real great opportunity for us to be very proactive. Um, and so through that, we really analyzed our data, and then we picked certain domains to really focus on each year. Um, for our coalition, our data was pretty significant for all the domains. We were below the Alberta average in every single one. Um, and with that, you know, we had to come up with a plan and we wanted to tackle everything, but we knew we couldn't tackle everything. So kind of picking a domain a year has been really great. To dive more deeply into the uniqueness of each of the two coalitions, Janice asked specific questions related to Adrian and Debbie Lane's work. 
First, we'll hear from Adrienne and her reflections working in Lac La Biche. Let's discuss a little bit more about um, one of the domains that you chose as a focus. So the first domain that we picked and really actively focused on was the domain that was in our lowest area. That was physical health and well-being. So we had um, a lot of families that um, were struggling in our region to provide those opportunities of health and wellness, access to significant things like playgrounds and things like that. So one of the things our coalition really did is kind of did a survey of all the areas and the people that also work in that physical health kind of domain. So through that, we were able to connect with Active Kids Society, which I chair too, um, but it was just an opportunity for us to partner. And um, initially it was to build a school playground, but then that project just got bigger and bigger as we recognized it was not just going to be a school playground. It would have been initially the only accessible playground in our area where um, it was really important that we had that rubber tarmac and we had areas that were accessible for all kids um, so that every child could have an opportunity to play on that playground. Um, We also talked to our counselors and and shared the data with them in this context. And since that sharing of data, we've had such a significant change happen in our community. So in working with recreation and bringing light to our playground venture and and their vision and new people that have also continued on with active kids as well as sometimes they can't be at every table. So it's nice to have connector people as well. So for example, with me as active kids um, president as well, it was really important important for us to connect and to um, build that opportunity to give awareness. There's so many things that um, your coalition has been doing and inspiring um, with the leadership locally as well as in your region. Do you have any um, stories about how you've worked and supported the region? So one of the things that has been pretty incredible about our work with um, the coalitions is our business is so funny. We go for our meetings and we have our hour meeting and we do the business at hand on the specific things that we want to do with EDI. But generally, all of us are meeting afterwards because it's been a great opportunity for us to connect and reconnect and even have those discussions of um, who might we need at the table and who else can we connect with. And through that, um, the informal meetings have been as important as the formal meetings. It gives us a time in our schedule where we're so busy. The needs in our area have increased over the years. And so sometimes chip, um, chipping out that time is really tough. So we know that that one time a month, we're all going to get together and we're all going to make that commitment. And so a lot of times we're having those secondary conversations we just haven't got to. Um, it, it gets busier and busier, and as early childhood needs grow, um, we're finding that we're all um, really definitely burning the candle. So when we can kind of combine two things in one, it's not really an add-on, it's just how we do business. Relationships are such a key, um, important part of this work. Such a key part, and they don't happen without some nurturing or purpose, right? And I think that's where the coalitions have really been really important because we had a vision together that we move forward. We have data that's been collected and we can actually try to respond to that um, versus just trying to get together and not sure where we're going. I think it gives us a really big focus. 
wonder if we could spend some time speaking to this, um, the wildfire situation and how Laklabish Coalition responded during those days. Well, that was a very interesting time. It was a very challenging time for so many families. And of course, all of us on the coalition um, were not only um, part of that coalition and schools and AHS and community services, um, we were all out and doing things through that. So I know by just collaborating as we were all talking about how we were all going to service different families and connecting if there were similar families that were in some of the community areas that might be going to school, as well as some of the ones in the parks. I know the parent link did a really great job in making sure like even the kids in the campground had special things to keep them busy. Um, It was an incredible sight to see uh, just everybody working together. And, and on top of that, we had people coming from outside of our community to come in to help. So having our small community um, with so many people, I think that it took every single agency to bend together. Um, as a coalition, I think that it was just that connectedness so that we made sure those little guys were taken care of as much as maybe some of the school-age kids and some of the... Um, and just even looking at that whole family unit, knowing that if the family is going through struggles, the kids are going to be having some challenges. And adults were going through a lot of trauma. So just trying to keep kids as active and and families as um, connected as possible to whatever may be possible. And I think that's also the strength of the coalition because as much as we didn't have to meet for that day, we were reaching out to each other and talking along the way. So we, we didn't have to make new connections. We were already connected as an early childhood community. Um, and yeah, all the community staff were dedicated for so much, like everybody was at full pace and doing different volunteer things where they could. So um, I think it's just so important to have those connections. You don't know when you'll need them. And in this case, we never anticipated an emergency, but we were all connected. And I think what also made us stronger is we also were connected outside of our community. Each one of us um, are very connected with early childhood. And so we share those those. Um, opportunities with other people so even connecting with people outside of our community we were able to get certain resources in for kids so things like crayons pencil crayons things to keep them active um, scissors lots of those kind of donations came in from some of the families that and friends that we knew of that were outside of our community in early childhood so yeah I think that was really important and it's it's great to have those networks Is there anything that has changed over time, the way you, the coalition, approach the work? Um, I'd say our coalition is still a work in progress. I think that we all want to give 150%, but many of us are connected in so many things. So I think we've learned to work a bit smarter and to try to give everybody a small role so that it's not landing on the shoulders of one person or a couple people. And I know as we've worked through um, our policies and taken through um, our frame of reference, I know that that frame of reference has stayed strong and true to what our vision is. 
but trying to connect as many people to doing different things. And I know we just recently went through a transition um, because nobody could commit to a huge amount of time with all the needs that we're having within our own agencies. So I think we are running more like a board structure. And so um, we went through nominations and we had so many people step up to little roles, things like website, Facebook, um, having people do such things, being secretary and keeping minutes, somebody who's taking a lead on Spring Fair, somebody taking the lead on National Child's Day. So I think... um, by dividing up the work, it's not as overwhelming. And I think um, I think we're stronger for it because I think it brings diverse um, ideas and I think that allows us to continue to progress. Um, and with that, I think a really neat piece of it too is like sometimes we get connected differently when we don't anticipate it. So for example, with our National Child's Day celebrations, one of our members had been connected with kinsmen. And so the the kinsmen in our community were so awesome, and they asked us if they could provide a breakfast for the morning of National Child's Day. So it was a great opportunity for us to connect with, with families. And kinsmen thought it would be great to see them having a great breakfast. And I think the cool thing about that is I think they also recognize many of them are grandparents, not even parents. They recognize that as a family, like there are families that actually are saying it's National Child's Day and we have grandparents coming with parents and it becomes like a really big family event. And I think if we look at the whole idea of it takes a village, I think that um, we need all of our members to be making sure that all of our kids are supported. And that includes our senior population and they have a lot to give. And so I think that's that's a really key piece of just always keeping those connections open and willingness to partner with people as ideas come up. And, and again, we have new people that join and they're like, hey, have we ever thought of this connection? So it's been really good with that. Now we'll hear from Debbie Lane and her reflections working in the Foothills Coalition. Briefly describe for me how the coalition works, the network works in your community and how it has strengthened and enhanced the work that's happening in the community. The Foothills Children's Wellness Network was based on the theoretical framework of collective impact. And in collective impact, they recommend having backbone agencies And we have been so fortunate to have, as a visionary in our network, the Director of Rural Health for Calgary's own Alberta Health Services. And um, Lise has been incredibly supportive and, as I mentioned, a visionary in this work. The second backbone agency we have is the Calgary Rural Primary Care Network, And the executive director, Stephanie, has been uh, very supportive in moving our work forward. So collectively, all the members of our network move the work of early childhood development, move the messages of early childhood development within their own spheres of influence, within their own agency's mandate. Therefore, our reach is greater. We have education, we have town councils, we have 
our um, social profit agencies, we have health, we have citizens, we have grandparents. So our reach is so much bigger and we hope more impactful when collectively we're moving our four goals, our key messages forward. So no matter where parents go, they get consistent messages. And those messages are based on evidence. It's, they're not based on, oh, we did that 30 years ago or old wives' tales. They are based on best practice, um, the very best practice that we know now. Can you tell me a little bit more about the four priority areas that you are focusing on? Sure. Um, the network goals that all the members worked on and all the members agreed to were strengthening the abilities of parents, caregivers, and the community to support our children and youth. We work together to catch concerns early. We work together to guide parents and caregivers to know where to go and what to do when they have concerns. And we support and learn from one another. We do that through community mobilization. We do that through coalition and partnership building. We do that through um, community engagement. And we do that also through any means possible. Let's talk about a few specific projects that you guys are working on. Well, we have a few on the go. One that we just finished was um, our Time Together cookbook. And the Time Together cookbook is geared for grandparents because we know what a huge impact grandparents have on the lives of children. And we know that family traditions and family time really is important to the growth and development of a healthy mind. So we had a contest, community members submitted recipes. Our community nutritionist broke down every recipe to find the nutritional content and um, our one of the public health nurses made every single one review. So it was a huge amount of work, but the result has been excellent. Other coalitions throughout the province have asked for permission to reproduce it. Grandparents love it. Parents love it. And our early learning and child care centers are using it to base um, some of their meal planning um, or activities for meal prep that they do with the kids. They're, they're using the book for that. We've also expanded to youth. And that was based on community need. The need was brought to the network that we've worked so well, so long, so hard on the early years, and we're continuing to do that, and that is necessary. But there was a gap where what are we doing with youth? How are we addressing the issues that our young people face today? So therefore, we again have already got the players around the table for, and we've expanded that for those who concentrate on youth 
And so the network structure, what we've learned from this is that our network structure works for the next age group. So it's not so much the age group, it's the structure of, of how to move things forward that's working. As we talk to other coalitions, including Asian from Lac La Biche, we've uh, talked a lot about relationships and change over time and the power of collective influence. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with that? Over the past 10 years, we've learned a lot. And those lessons learned have been so instrumental in creating change. Number one, relationships are key. Number two, this work takes time. Number three, listen. Number four, a bit of money helps. It really does. And I think when we roll those, those up together, change happens. We do move the needle of change to um, have our communities understand the importance of the early years. Some examples of that are um, we needed an environmental scan on the parenting programs offered in our community, in our communities, plural. Our network covers a wide geographic area, and sometimes it's hard to know what's happening where. So we talked about that need. Um, who knows what's happening with regards to parenting programs in the whole region? Well, somebody knew a little bit, but we needed a a coordinated resource, so to speak. Well, one of our agencies volunteered their summer student. We are having a summer student, you know, she's got a few things that we would like her to do, but let's have her work on that because it would benefit all of us. Ten years ago, that may not have happened quite so easily. We've also experienced funding opportunities that we give to one another. Our health care foundations, the High River and District Health Care Foundation, the Sheep River Health Trust, fund some of our um, little projects that we need. Like I said money helps. They understand the importance of the early years. They understand the importance of having communities involved. They are community. Therefore, they fund some of these little projects, whereas 10 years ago, it would have been a harder sell. We still have to um, do the proposals and all that, but it's not quite as hard a sell because the baseline knowledge is there. That helps tremendously. Um, the collaboration that we see among our members and the collaborative efforts to move programs forward has been exponentially improved. And our members, we did a developmental uh, evaluation a few years ago, and they that was their feedback that 
with the inception of the network, relationships have improved. Um, the knowledge of what each other do or what we do and what services, how to refer, how to get the resources, how do we get our people to the resources, all of that has improved so much. And we just know each other better, therefore relationships are stronger. Therefore, we then can say to our clients, oh, just tell Mary Ann that I sent you and she'll, she'll see you right away or, or whatever it is. But that personal touch is huge and that wasn't there 10 years ago or perhaps not to the same degree. Tell us a little bit more about the early childhood educators in your community and what they were asking. We noted, oh, several years ago that our ELCCs, the early learning and child care centers, were so important to the community. Like they had um, such impact on children. They, they were caregivers of our most precious resource, but they had little support or they didn't know. They were so busy minding the kids, they weren't sure of where to go or what to do when resources or help was needed. Therefore, we have a position whose job it is, is to directly support the educators and the learning centers. So not only do we bring them resources and show them or highlight resources, but we offer a conference, a yearly conference specific to the early learning and child care centers and their educators. It's at low cost and it helps with accreditation hours and they've been exceptionally well received and our educators then know where to go what to do when concerns arise and they have developed personal um, relationships with community support agencies so therefore they can very confidently pick up the phone and discuss an issue that a child may have and then course pass that on to parents or have the parents involved of course but um, that relationship development is huge and very key. The circle of influence reaches so far and one of the areas that I've heard about from your area is that you're reaching uh, to new immigrants and other cultural demographics in your community. Tell us about that. We have key messages so those key messages we had one of our partners who happened to be the Foothills Community Immigration Society. So they wanted their new immigrants to know those key messages. So they translated everything. So there's like, again, if they weren't around the table, they wouldn't have known the messages. And we would not have had the ability to have that translated. Janice closed off both conversations by bridging these unique coalitions together to reflect on the challenges they face and the hope they wish to see for their communities. Here are both of the leaders reflecting on the hope they see and the work that they're doing. So some challenges include 
time and energy. What other ways do you address those situations that are challenging? One of the things that we also recognized early, initially we wanted everybody to attend every meeting, and that's just not always possible. I think um, having everybody just connected in some ways. So as much as we maybe have 10 or 12 people that regularly meet around the table, we do send out our minutes to a greater local area. So anybody can come at any time, and if there's something that they feel really passionate about, they can be part of. The things about the Spring Fair and National Child's Day as well is um, with the Spring Fair, we're also connecting people to the community activities. So we've asked many of those partners to join us for that one time and to set up a booth and have some play tables and have an opportunity to share information with families. So as they wander around that Spring Fair, it's an opportunity for those families to connect with some of those outer agencies that we may not always get to be part of. And that day is also fabulous because we always have to have lots of time to set up because as we're connecting and reconnecting again, so many rich conversations happen and sometimes different partnerships and different activities come out of that as well. Over the past 10 years, there have been several challenges. And one is trying to keep the momentum going. There are new people who sit around the table because there's attrition and new folks come and other folks go. So it's keeping things fresh and keeping people updated. So an orientation package was developed because of need. And I think that's the one thing that we need to really be responsive to is listening and hearing what the actual need is. And when you hear it from several partners around the table, the same message, then you need to take action or explore it a bit more. And that is versus agendas, different agendas. So um, it's having the wisdom to talk that out. Is this a real need? But when you develop relationships with those who are sitting around the table, that conversation becomes easier and it becomes richer. And when it's a conversation and not anything else, then everyone's involved. Everyone brainstorms. Everyone figures out what they can do in order to move um, the focus forward. So that that's a learning over the years, but it, it really does work just to try to be judicious when um, identifying need and base it on community input And of course, our members are community. The other thing, a challenge is the time. Everyone's time is so valuable. And we want to get these things done now. So it's a little bit of patience. Well, a lot of patience is required. And the people in the field just have to understand this work takes time. And it does take persistence to keep it moving, keep it moving. And like I said, a sprinkle of money helps now and then too. One more thing I want to ask you is, what are you most hopeful about as you look ahead? 
I think my hope is that this work continues, that we only get stronger and the voice for children and families only gets louder. Through the coalitions of Alberta, we have met a lot of people who are very committed to this work. We then have connections with educational institutions who are doing research and for example, the Palix Foundation, Alberta Family Wellness Initiative. Um, we are taking that research and taking that knowledge and translating it into everyday language so that our families and our parents and our children benefit. So those connections are key um, at a different level. But those connections then influence the work we do on the ground. And um, it's been extremely beneficial and extremely helpful. And I think that um, by working together, it, it serves our community well, our communities and our province well. And that's my hope that it continues that is my hope, that it continues into the future. I am so hopeful for the youth in our area. I think that we have created a wonderful community, and as we work together, we continue to improve that. Um, I think that what we can do in stride by looking at the data and hopefully having another collection of data, um, I think the five-year mark for each collection would be a great thing. So I'm we're working from the data we have, but I know one of the things that was really shocking for us when we received our second set of data is we didn't make as much headway as we wanted. And so I think when we look at things like that, we still have lots of work to do, but I'm hopeful that more parents are supported than they were in the past. And I, I feel that families are looking for those connections. I think we're disconnected today when we have... It's funny, we have social media and phones and all those things, but I think families aren't connected until they actually get together and have those opportunities to meet and, and share with each other. And I think that the coalition plays a lot in making sure that we connect families, connect agencies, and that we stay connected so we can support every single person in our community. And we know that when we support our adults in our community we're supporting our little people in our community and so even just building understanding as much as possible about what good development is and giving them opportunities to have fun ways to um, work with their kids in a playful way so often we see families that think that they have to um, only look at the academics but we want to build whole children and so I think looking beyond just our ABCs and and counting but like we need physically well bodies we need bodies that can communicate well we need kids that can um, interact with each other and continue that social development within um, our region and opportunities for them to connect with each other and i there's nothing better than seeing all the friendships that get created when we bring on an event and the kids are connecting with each other. So I think giving that social environment, that opportunity for them to continue to connect will make for stronger families.
Across the province, there are leaders such as yourself, Debbie Lane and Adrian, who have taken the lead and been champions for children through the last 10 years and more. Uh, So we thank you for that. And we just know how important the relationships are and the sharing and the inspiration that you have for each other throughout the province. And again, thank you for spending the time and dedicating your your personal and professional energy to the early years. Thank you. And thank you, Janice, for all the hard work to continue the coalitions and moving it forward from year to year. And I know we really value that opportunity. And um, I'm excited to see what's coming up next, excited with the new websites and things like that. So and appreciate the support as a um, provincial body as well as we do our community activities. Thank you to everyone who's made this podcast possible. A special thanks to Debbie Lane and Adrian to represent the coalitions, and a special thanks to Naomi and Elise and Lisa for the opportunity to be part of this social innovation podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pause. In our show notes, we've included a website where you can find your local Early Childhood Coalition, learn more about its story and work, and find contact information and social media links. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that the recording you heard today was recorded in two locations on Treaty 6 and Treaty 7 territories, on land that until relatively recently was used exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of the First Nations and Métis peoples, whose presence continues to enrich our vibrant communities, and who have traditionally gathered in and cared for this place. The conversation with Adrian was recorded by Lisa Pruden in the Edmonton Community Foundation's recording studio. The conversation with Debbie Lane was recorded by Elise Martinowski in Calgary. Elise also edited and produced this episode. If you enjoy this podcast and want to hear reflections and insights from other social purpose leaders, we recommend checking out Disrupting Good, a new podcast created by Mount Royal University's Institute for Community Prosperity and Human Elements. PAUSE is a production of Alberta Social Innovation Connect, ABSI Connect. You can learn more about our network, find our newsletter, and get inspired by and connected to other Albertan changemakers by visiting our website www.absiconnect.ca Our funding partner is the Suncor Energy Foundation. Theme music was created by the Fort McMurray Youth of the Soundforce Collective. <laughs>